So there she was in the skies of New York, burning with no smoke, her mind trying to make sense of all the senselessness, all the evil, all the death, all the deception, all the wrong that was done to humanity on behalf of just a small portion of humanity, especially those seven billionaires who bought Hela's blood. It was just a lot. She was thinking and thinking. She thought of Kofi's family who was taken from Ghana and brought to Tower One because of their natural abilities and how the big eye tried to augment their natural abilities with cybernetic limbs and ended up killing them. She read all about that in the Library of Congress restricted area information. The big eye were literally everywhere doing everything, but because she was off their script and she didn't comply with their way of ruling and controlling and being in the world, they called her a terrorist and she burned. She tried to get her mind right, like what is my why? What is my purpose? What is my origin? So she kept thinking, thinking while she flew and burned and her story came to her. Not from any book she had ever read or anything anybody ever told her, but from her own DNA. And she recalled her origin story. And it was this that thousands of years ago, when the world was nothing but sand and dry trees, Ani looked over her land. She rubbed her dry throat. Then she made the oceans, the lakes, the rivers, and the ponds. Her lands breathed and then danced. Water is life. And from the oceans, she took a deep drink and was refreshed. One day, she said, I'll produce sunshine. Right now, I'm not in the mood. She turned over and slept. Behind her back, as she rested, human beings sprang from the sweetest parts of the rivers and the shallow portions of the lakes. Some of them walked out of the ocean onto the beaches. Human beings were aggressive like the rushing rivers, forever wanting to move forward cutting, carving, changing the lands. As much time passed, they created and used and changed and altered and spread and consumed and multiplied. They were everywhere. At the apex of their genius, one group of humans built seven mighty towers. Within these towers, they performed impossible feats. And as time expanded, the towers grew to impossible heights in reputation, invention, and experience. The exclusive human beings of this group who ran the towers had the permission of civilian human beings to do whatever it took. They all hoped their towers would be high and amazing enough to prick Ani and get her attention. They built juju-working machines. They fought and invented amongst themselves. They bent and twisted Ani's sand, water, sky, and air. They took her creatures and changed them. They sought to make themselves just like Ani. Immortal, all-powerful manipulators of Earth's land. When Ani was rested enough to produce sunshine, 
She turned over and was horrified by what she saw. She reared up tall and impossible furious. Then she reached into the stars and pulled a sun to the land. I am that sun. I am Ani's soldier. I do her will. Ani has asked me to wipe the slate clean. So that origin story reminds me so much of indigenous people around the world and how close they were with nature in the beginning. But as time goes on and human beings are so aggressive and they want to be God-like, but you are still not God. And so the changes you do without consenting or consulting or having respect for actual whatever you call God, turn into abominations, and abominations are never good for anyone. So that's just my take on it. But her origin story, again, was not something she could get from any book. It all came to her from her DNA. She realized that she was completing her purpose. She was a reaper here to reap what had been sown by the human beings and Ani had pulled her to earth to do what she was doing. So now she was in the middle of Times Square in front of a small camp of big eye officials and they knew she would eventually come but not in the way that she came just burning everything up in her wake and There was one official, though, who wasn't surprised because she was aware of the whole indigenous tradition of being connected to the spiritual world. But she had more respect for the man-made world, so she thought she could approach Phoenix, and that, of course, was Boomy. Uh, That didn't go well. Everything. Boomy. The chaos in the streets, the cars, the people, everything was turned to ashes. And um, it started with New York, but Phoenix scorched much of the earth. She turned the oceans to steam. Wherever those seven men lived, she didn't want to address them one by one because it wasn't just them. People who stood by and benefited off of what they did allowed it to happen too. Let everything die was what she did. Let that which had been written all be rewritten. And that was her last um, entry into the memory tracker. And then we hear Saeed's voice. Well, then Sunutil heard Saeed's voice. And it was funny how... Saeed seemed to just be pleased with, not pleased, but accepting of um, Phoenix's doing. And he had survived the apocalypse, and a few people had survived it. Everybody wasn't killed off. And he had begun to walk back home to Africa. Before everything was destroyed, he had gotten to Tower One and he participated with taking down Tower One and he had a memory extracted from there 
And how the memory extractor works is if you have anything of a person, you can attach it to the memory extractor and it will say, it will tell their story for them from their DNA. And so he did have one feather from Phoenix. So he attached it to the memory extractor and it began to pull her story. So once it was done, the device beeped and it said extract sent to database 80255. So he was preparing himself to, you know, as he walked across the dried up oceans to listen to Phoenix's story. But the device beeped again and said protocol seven is now in place. Extract bypassed from 8025 to protocol seven, the great book. May God help your soul. <laughs> he actually laughed at that because, you know, he felt like Phoenix's story, for whatever reason, was sent somewhere else. And he just was accepting. Like, after all the things he went through and witnessed, at a certain point, you just have to be like, okay, this is out of my control. So he was just hoping that her story went somewhere to Ghana, like, he wanted it to be somewhere in Africa. And Ghana was where she was very, very, very happy for a while and had some peace. So that would be nice if that's where it went to. But then the story, his story, Phoenix's story, the the, the audio ends. And Sunu Teal has to sit with this. So the great book that he was originally raised on, he had the opportunity to rewrite it. That's what he did. He was a language person. He was a storyteller. He was an old, old man who had lived under hard times for a long, long time based on ethnicity and race. Even the language he spoke, he was an Okeke, a dark-skinned African, but his language was based on Nuru because the invaders had put that language on his people. The great book was written in a slanted way, putting light skin and dark skin against each other, black under everybody else. And he had a chance. He heard the story first into his own ears, but his mind was so warped from being raised on the great book that positioned his people as subservient. He couldn't imagine anything else and it troubled him. And he just, he just couldn't wrap his mind around it. And he knew that her story was real. It was so real. It was so close to his heart, but he just couldn't reject it, reject what he had grown up on just because he heard her story. He had to find a way to smooth things over so that he was comfortable with this story. He just couldn't let the world not be what it had always been even though he was faced with the truth. Mm. So he had um, read something in his studies that said it was up to the reader to interpret what the story was really about. And in this case, Sunu Teal was the only reader. Phoenix was dead. So he gathered up his things and Phoenix knew her spirit knew he was going to tell this story. So she came through his portable and she warned him. She said, I know what you think, 
you think you can rewrite this story. But once her story is written, it lives. And she warned him to be careful, but he rejected her spirit. As human beings, we have the, the capability to reject spirits, whether they're good for us or bad for us. But, so he told her, you're just a memory. You've been extracted. You're nothing now. Leave my portable. It's not yours. Okay. And she left, but she had given him a warning. And so Sunatil went forward and he wrote the story. <sighs> and he wrote the great book. He rewrote it according to what he was comfortable believing in. Not the truth that was revealed to him, but what he was comfortable with putting out into the world. And so the great book was written. And the book ends with Sola speaking. Sola is a character that we meet up with in Nnedi Okorfor's book, who fears death and he is a white skinned person and he laughs because he knows that he uses his white skin privilege to move throughout the world and he laughs because a lot of his words are lies like he admits it he can he can admit it he knows it but his point was that Sunutil is a good man but he was a limited man and that Sunutil was also a coward because instead of going to Saeed, who still lived in Sunutil. Uh, Saeed was actually Sunutil's language teacher. Language teacher. So Sunutil had the opportunity to go to Saeed and bring him this information because he made the connection that Saeed was now, was Seed. Saeed in the Book of Phoenix was the seed, his teacher in real life. He had access, direct access to explore the book. Maybe take a break and don't rewrite it right away. Take time and talk to Seed. Take time and talk to Saeed. Get the real story. You know it's true. And even if you don't believe some of it, just get... The point was he was a coward. Because the truth was too much for him to take. So he just rewrote it in the way that was comfortable. And I keep repeating it because it's so frustrating how much he affected everybody else's life. I read Who Fears Death and just the book that people base their life on, so many untruths. So when you mix truth in with untruths, you get a whole bunch of mess. So... The old African man took the bones, blood, and quivering flesh of Phoenix's book, digested its marrow, and defecated a tail of his own. These are Sola's words. Then he and his oracle of a wife spread this shit far and wide, and their great book deformed the lives of many until the one named Onyesonu came and changed it again. But that is another story. I really loved how Nnedi Okorafor came back after writing Who Fears Death and then wrote this prequel to show how the great book was rewritten to include 
the current history of Sunutil's ancestors and how they got to that apocalypse and that there was an opportunity to make the story right that Ani or whoever the God name that people use or whatever the higher power people refer to did not designate people according to their skin tone and hair and hair texture that humanity there's no hierarchy in humanity we are all human beings but for the love of power for the idea that they can be God those seven people who bought the girl's blood They had to have a, a hierarchy in place. And we see that in real life now. Even even when I try to Google some things, for example, the term Ani, I put in Ani, and because it's part of the actual Igbo origin story, I thought it would come up with that, right? It's Google, right? I got Japanese definitions, I got Slavic definitions, I got Spanish definitions, nothing about Africa, nothing, and that's just one little small thing, the the way that information is um, colonized (laughs) is real, but at the end of the day, our DNA still tells us the truth. And the oral stories that live with all the indigenous people across the world, on the continent of Africa, in Australia, in India, in the Americas, it still lives. The The situation with global warming and how the climate changes are going on is, is real. But... We'll see how things go, right? Hopefully we won't all have to be burned to ash before we realize that we have to be treat each other better and, and um, be respectful of nature. So the next book will be Who Fears Death? Nnedi Okorafor is an amazingly brilliant author. The story flows. It's exciting. It's invigorating. Um, I know Who Fears Death has been, um, what's the word, has been, I don't know the right word, but I know HBO bought it. I don't know if they have the whole rights. I hope they don't have the whole rights. I pray she has a hand in the making of it because it can go really wrong if she doesn't. Um, Because it's a very, it's a very volatile book. Who Fears Death is a lot. Um, but I'm glad that she wrote the book of Phoenix as the prequel to show how who fears death starts out with this book that, that pits people as born as slaves and people are accepting this. Um, but anyway, I can go on and on. I will not, I will end this here. Thank you to everyone who has listened, who is listening, who is enjoying it. Uh, email me blackloveissimplybeautiful at gmail.com if you want to discuss I'll be glad to discuss and I'll definitely write back please support, please subscribe I appreciate you 
I'll see you soon. Next book up is Who Fears Death by Nnedi Okorafor. Thank you.